When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Saving money on exterior wall lights. Now at Menards. Find your style with Patriot Lighting. Exterior lights enhance the look of your home. Choose from over 50 options from Patriot Lighting. Now through May 19th, get $10 instant savings on a single qualifying purchase of $100 or more on in-stock outdoor wall lights. Check out our entire selection of outdoor lights and see the rest of our deals happening now on Menards.com. Save big money at Welcome to Having It All. My name is Matthew Bivens, and each week I bring you conversations and insights that explore the question, what does having it all mean to you? My goal is to leave you with stories you can relate to and messages you can take action on so that you can create an abundant, loving life. I am so excited that you're here to hang out with me today. Now, let's jump right into this episode. My guest today is Dale Thomas Vaughn, and he is a Renaissance man. Not in the sense that he's an expert poet, athlete, lover, philosopher, all that stuff, although he very might well be, but he's a Renaissance man in that he is a man of balance, purpose, and sophistication. Dale helps men and boys overcome numbness and stagnancy to create more connection, purpose, and joy in life. He's the best-selling author of The Good Life Plan for Men, the editor of Leadership and Business at the Good Men Project, and the founder of the Empower Mentorship Institute. Dale has graced the TED stage, he's authored best-selling books, and he has led more than 350 workshops in consciousness and purpose. He has repped this stuff for over 16 years, and he knows what he is talking about. So with that, I want to welcome Dale to the show. Dale, how are you being today? Hi, Matt. I'm awesome. I'm being uh, calm and me and as authentic as I can be throughout my day. And that seems to always lead me in the right direction. Oh, I love that. Absolutely. Authenticity. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> well, um, I gave you a pretty wide sweeping view of your work in the intro. Uh, but can you tell the listeners a little bit more about you and what you do? Sure. So fundamentally, I work with masculinities and empowerment. That doesn't necessarily mean I only work with men, but it is something that I love to do is help men to find um, a version of masculinity that they feel fits them better than the one that's currently the most popular concept of what it means to be a man. In that, I think for the past 15 years, I've seen there's a lot of shift and a lot of men out there specifically, but even women are looking at what the gender representations say is normal and they're seeing that there's really nothing in it for them to be normal and so men and women both are are shifting the way that they see themselves in the mirror and the way that they see themselves in their pocketbooks and the way they see themselves in the media and i think what happens then is we start to get a society that's a whole lot more open to the otherness not only within ourselves but within our neighbors so i help really uh address xenophobia and it starts from within 
and I believe the the biggest area of concern in our sort of society right now is men dealing with our fear of otherness. So that's kind of the the larger moral perspective of what I'm after. I've been doing that in a lot of different ways. So in one hand, I help men and individuals and small groups um, to really work through what it is in their life they'd like to address in a new way, maybe an area that they feel stuck and they don't really have the tools to get unstuck. I help them find their own system for getting unstuck. And on the other hand, I help large organizations, companies, corporations of that you would know by name, uh, how do they engage men in the process of gender partnership? How do we create a world that's more equal for everybody at work? And those two happen to go together really nicely. So that's kind of the largest part of my work. Wow. Now, how do you get into work like that? How did you get into this line of work? Yeah, well, I was really young and a tragic thing happened to a friend of mine that made me question what it meant to be a man. Um, A friend of mine was sexually assaulted and she came to me kind of right away. And we were kids. We were 16, 15 years old trying to figure out how to go about healing from something so tragic. And in that process, not only did I learn how to listen and how to be a good counselor and a good friend and how to heal from trauma, but in the largest sense, I started questioning why masculinity, why, why men would allow uh, anything like sexual violence to continue to exist. It seems such an easy thing to let go of. And so I started working toward what does it mean to be a man? What what, what would it mean if I were a leader of men and could step up and help end sexism, sexual violence? And that led me down the rabbit hole. And you know, now, 15 years later, I know after a long journey that sexual violence comes from you know, a root cause of entitlement, which comes from a root cause of men feeling numb and like they're cornered and don't really have outlets to to pursue the things that they really love doing. Instead, they end up in roles they feel cornered and isolated. So we have to work at getting men out of isolation and numbness if we're going to find a way for the world to get rid of things like sexual violence and, by the way, racial violence and nationalistic and religious fanaticism. So all these things boil down to how do we create systems for men to feel more connected to the people around them and to feel more connected within themselves to their purpose in life. I mean, that is an incredibly powerful mission and path that you're on because, you know, speaking as a man, so many of the things that you have, that you mentioned, I have, I have experience in whether directly or indirectly. And so Mm -hmm. those, those things have touched me and have touched the, some of the folks that um, I know intimately. And so to have you, you know, going out there through this experience that you went through as a teenager and to then make that, you know, your current mission in life um, is, is powerful. And I know that when I first, I, I, I was introduced to you through your TED Talk. And when I first saw your TED Talk, which, by the way, I will, um, I'll link to in the show notes. And, uh, and you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. But it was the work that you do around men and masculinity and examining what it means to be a man today and, and looking at the scripts and beliefs that we as men and women pick up and wear on. It was that that attracted me to you because of, of you know, the work that I've done on myself to rewrite a lot of 
those those scripts which we're not helping we're not serving so i just want to acknowledge you and the work that you're doing because it is powerful and it is very needed thank you i will receive that acknowledgement appreciate that so you mentioned the word otherness and on your website um, you talk about the fear of otherness and sure. how accepting the otherness within us is a path to connecting to the world around us. Can you explain this concept of otherness and why it is so crucial? Sure. So I like to think of it like this. Uh, there's an aspect of self-discovery within self-development, within personal development, right? And so in that sense, you're sort of in a process of traveling through the map of your life, traveling through who I am as a person. And anybody who's ever traveled knows that it takes a certain amount of adaptability to enjoy the travel, right? And we talked about this before we got on the air, but yeah, we did. Um, a lot of what I've done in traveling and, and not just like in, in nice faraway places, but also, you know, in those dark corners of the world, it takes a level of adaptability, a level of being able to see the good in people, the, the level of of understanding that we're all kind of in this together. You know, Buckminster Fuller calls it, we're all on this spaceship Earth together, and we have to get along. So there's this sense of understanding travel when you do self-development. When I do self-development, I think of how can I get to know myself better? And in that process, if I'm judging myself for who I am, then I don't get to have any fun on the way in that journey. If I want to have fun in the process of self-development, then I, I get to forgive myself for who I am. I get to embrace myself for who I am. I get to adapt to who I am with grace. And I think a lot of what we talk about in personal development work feels like work because a lot of what we're doing is trying to fit into somebody else's model of perfection or of balance or of purpose. And I would argue that, and I do argue, and all the time in my, when I work with clients closely or when I work in small groups or through the Empower Mentorship Institute, that basically, if you are interested in developing yourself, don't try to be someone else. Try to be you. Understand your nature perfectly. That's what Oscar Wilde said. The aim of life is self-development, to realize your nature perfectly. And that's what I try to do with people is help them see that they have all kinds of aspects about them that feel like otherness, but actually if they explore them are actually quite beautiful. And there's an opportunity there to learn to love yourself even more. So for instance, I'll give you like an example. So I grew up in the South. I grew up in Texas and I grew up in a, a constant state of examining religion as part of my culture, right? There's no way to get out of uh, religion within that culture because it's sort of stitched into the fabric of how you operate. And that's fine. Like I, that's a, That is a great thing for a, a lot of people. And I found myself questioning religion early on in my life, not necessarily questioning spirituality or faith or God, but questioning religion. And that is an otherness in that culture. And I was sort of told not to do that. Don't question what exists. Don't question the reality around you. And what I found is that when I began questioning religion, you know, really diving into it, when I began questioning my otherness with a sense of 
mirth, <laughs> you know, enjoying the, the ride of understanding why I was questioning religion. I began studying theologies and philosophies, and it led me to where I am now, which is the most comfortable space I've ever been within my spirituality and in my understanding of the universe. Mm. And so for me, questioning my otherness, allowing my otherness rather than fearing it, has led me to a greater understanding than I would have otherwise. And again, I'm not saying religion is wrong. I'm saying the questioning of it was told to me to be wrong, and I questioned it anyways without fear uh, and, and overcame that fear, and that's where I, I found an understanding of myself. Uh, what, I, what I take from that is you sought to understand for yourself, not you know what other people had put on you, but to understand and to, to create meaning of, in this case, religion and, and, you know, and many other things for yourself, and that was part of that journey for you. At any point where you want to take a divergent path from the norm, you're dealing with a fear of otherness, more than likely. So if you want to be an entrepreneur, you are saying out loud that I don't want to follow the sort of normal route yeah. through a career. And you're going to come up against resistance because other people fear that otherness. Not only your otherness, but they fear that otherness within themselves. My being an entrepreneur challenges people around me to consider whether or not they really enjoy their jobs. Absolutely. And my being um, a, questioning my religion challenged other people to question theirs around me. Their fear, whether or not they embrace that and, and learned from it, is their journey. But I find that in my journey, it's been useful to go at my fear to just like see if I, if I have fear of some kind of otherness within me, I need to address it, go into it, dance with it, see what's there. Now, why is that? You know, because a lot of times when we experience fear, our, our initial response is to turn the other direction. But, mm -hmm. you know, I'm similar to you and I'm, I'm curious why for you, when you see fear, when you see something that might make you uncomfortable, why do you move towards it? Well, I think, again, I grew up in the South, so John Wayne was my patron saint, and he says uh, courage is being afraid and saddling up anyway. Mm. So I think that there's a certain amount of courage and, and a sense of, I want to I experience life. I want to live life fully. And if I'm going to live life fully, it means that uh, I can't be captained by fear. I want to be captained by love. I, per, personally, I want to love myself first. That's kind of number one. Once I've learned to do that, I can then do a better job of loving others. And I think loving myself through my fear is one of the big challenges of you know, adulthood, but also I think of men and masculinity. Um, you know, If we want to stand up and be counted as courageous men, we have to go through some fear. We have to deal with that. And, and, and I will say this, fear isn't wrong. A lot of times fear is scheduled into your DNA for a good reason. And I'm not saying you should always you know, run toward fear. There's, some, there's a level of adventure and there's a level of bravery. And then there's a level of stupidity, right? Yeah. It, but, but it does take a certain amount of self-delusion to believe in yourself even during your fear. That's powerful. I, um, as I mentioned before, you know, you, you, you said the choice between fear and love, and that's something that I've talked about before on this podcast. Uh, and I believe that when you boil things down, it does come down to a choice between 
fear and love. And I know for myself, when I have walked into the fear, when I have, have gone through it, um, I come out on the, under, on the other side with a much greater understanding of myself. And, and having used my courage to overcome that fear means that I'm better equipped the next time that some sort of fear comes around. And so I love that you used fear and love as the two um, opposite sides of, of, the, of the spectrum when making that choice, because I think it's powerful. They're often two sides of the same coin, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, when I began addressing, in fact, I'll, I'll tell you kind of one of the early stories in my uh, self-doubt, yeah. the journey of my purpose. I've had an on-again, off-again relationship with purpose. Uh, when I first started out, I was, you know, on fire. I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I wanted to end sexual violence and I wanted to get men involved in that process. And so I started speaking. I started touring the country speaking. Eventually I was getting asked to do interviews. I did a national interview on CNN about, um, how I believe sexual violence, especially on college campuses is a men's issue. If women could end sexual violence by themselves, it never would have existed. This is a men's issue. Right, but I also believe that we have the opportunity and the ability to shift that. Good men, men with integrity, standing up and speaking out loud makes a huge difference in a culture. So I went out and I said that on national television. And when I came home, I had just given my my truth to the world. You know, I had just sort of stood up on the highest mountaintop I could and shouted what I believed. And what I got in return was an inbox, an email inbox full of hate mail and death mm, threats. Wow. And in that moment, I started to doubt myself because of all the fear of death. And, and it wasn't just death threats for me, by the way. It was pretty terrifying stuff about my, my girlfriend, and they had the, the addresses of my parents, and it was not, not very heartwarming stuff. And so what I learned in that process was, like, I, is this something I really believe in? Enough to, to, to address through my fear enough to get on stage through my fear. It's, it's given me a whole new appreciation for Martin Luther King Jr. Wow. To know that he was standing on stage with fundamental death threats coming his way. Yeah. There's a, whole, there's a level of fear that he had to stand through, a level of courage he had to have that I just, I, I already appreciated, but I now have a personal appreciation for just a small taste, a small flavor of that. And I will say it took me a long time to get back on the horse. It took me a long time to, to figure out where my strength, where my courage, where my ability to love myself despite my fear. It took me a long time to find that. And when I did, and it, it was a journey, I went, and this is part of why I walked the Camino de Santiago, which is a pilgrimage. It's part of why I ran with the bulls. It's part of why I, you know, I spent time writing some books, kind of figuring out what is it that I really care about. And during that time, is when I realized that no matter if I make any change or not in this world, I want to live the kind of life where I attempt to be significant. Whether or not that ever, whether or not I ever matter actually doesn't matter. It's just that I want to live a life that feels like I'm trying to do something. And what's cool is that since I did that, since I've made that, that choice, it's, you know, there's still been challenges. I've, I've had ups and downs, but the purpose has always been true. Now, the, the compass I use when I wake up in the morning is dead north. I know exactly which way I'm going. There may be challenges. There may be barriers. There may be people who are holding me back. 
in different ways, but I know exactly which direction I'm going when I wake up in the morning. And that is a powerful thing. Absolutely. It is. Absolutely. And, um, mission statement is what comes to mind when I hear that. And uh, <laughs> I, you know, I saw on your website that you did have a mission statement. Um, would you be able to, to recite yours for us? Sure. Um, to move a million men to purpose. My goal is, again, and I've gone back to this a few times, but my goal is to move a million men to purpose because the more men who have found and are living a purposeful life, the more communities are affected by a positive message of masculinity. And the more communities that are affected by positive messages of masculinity, the less sexual violence, the less racial violence, the less fanatic violence. In general, men hold the key to the destruction or the construction of their communities based on how they stand up. So a million men on purpose, I figure, would turn the tide. So what are you doing in your life as a man to be spreading this message of love to other men? Because that's, you know, you, you, you likened one of the experiences that you had when you received those death threats. Like, that's what you're up against, are people mm-hmm. who are so afraid of what you have to say that they're willing to snuff you out. So how do you stay powerful and present and truly in your greatness so that you have the ability to spread that message to the world? Well, what I'll say is that it does not take a genius to do this. There are systems, there are step-by-step processes that help me install my self-confidence at the bottom of every one of my goals that helped me install my purpose and my big why. I actually have a, a, an exercise that gets me down to a single word for my big why. Uh, I have a, an exercise I do every single morning. I call a me meeting, a meeting with myself. And I basically sit down and I, I go through this, these processes. Uh, I have a system for, for planning and envisioning what I want to do with the next six weeks to year to three years that's based on my intention, my big why word and my superpower or my self-confidence. And then after that, I think there are systems that I have put into place where I invite people into my life. I I like to say, you're allowed to choose the type of people you want in your life. And for people who have been around the kinds of friends, quote unquote friends, who tell you you are not big enough to do the thing you want to do, tell you you're not good enough, who tell you you need more education and more credibility or whatever, Uh, you know that sometimes people hold you back from doing the thing you care about. So I think a lot of the systems that really help me are installing the right people in my life, having the right kind of mentors in my life, having mentors that inspire me to do my thing, who have good systems that help me actually um, win at the things I want to do. Those are all the systems that I have in place, right? Um, If you're talking about real terms, I have a weekly accountability group that I, I hold, and I do it hiking. I take a group of men, and we go hiking every Sunday here in Los Angeles in Griffith Park, um, just a few hours out of every week. And what happens is that group of guys not only become great friends and allies for each other, but it's an opportunity to hold each other accountable to the things we want to do with our lives. So I basically can't get off track for very long because every week I have another check-in. It's a beautiful thing, you know, and and for a lot of guys, we go a long, long time without connection, without real connection. And when we get connection, it's usually 
um, very cerebral or, um, you know, we, we sit there and laugh and drink beer and that's all great. But, you know, sometimes you need a hug from a guy. Sometimes you need a guy to stand and look you in the face and say, hey, man, you're screwing up. Sometimes you need that guy in your life just to kind of be there with you and for you. And so the fact that I have that in my life every single week makes a huge difference in my life. Mm. So what I like to do on this show is to take a lot of these, these, these topics and the things that we're talking about, which in this case, talking with you, I mean, your purpose, your mission is huge. You know, you're looking to fundamentally shift the world. Yep. What I like to do is to take that big, big idea and break it down into things that people can actually do. So while you were just uh -huh. talking, I wrote down a couple of things that I was hearing you say. And what I got was that, first and foremost, you're intentional. You've, you've gone extremely. Into extremely intentional from the moment you wake up. You know, you talk about your compass and where it's pointing. You're very intentional. Then you've, you've put around you systems that work and you rep those systems. Uh -huh. So, you know, yep. you, you don't have to necessarily think about it because you have the system and you know that it works and you rep it. You've also put around you powerful people and powerful relationships who are mm -hmm. going to give you feedback and who are going to hold you accountable. Mm -hmm. And those seem to be, there might be more elements, but uh, the elements that you mentioned, those seem to be the things that have really helped you to stay powerful, continue on your path to greatness so that you can continue to spread your message and your purpose. Yeah, I, I think you, you nailed it. I mean, I, basically, when I teach my systems within the Empower Mentorship Institute or when I'm teaching from stage, um, I get called to do workshops in companies a lot of times. I'm teaching essentially what you just laid out and what I've just laid out to you. Um, my favorite single exercise, if you guys want to take away one exercise, my favorite single exercise is I hear a lot of people saying, um, I feel this, I feel this, I don't want to feel this, I feel this. You know, I feel miserable at my, my job. I don't love my partner. I feel like I'll never succeed in my career. I feel like my, I'm not in the shape I want to be in. I feel all these different things that are, that are sort of negative, you know, in a sense. I don't think feelings can be negative, but they certainly indicate that you feel negatively about them. Um, but I, I very rarely hear anybody sit down and say, you know what I want to feel? X, Y, Z. So here's the, the exercise. You literally write down, you take a blank piece of paper, and at the top you put, what feelings do I want to feel? And if you need help, there are, there's a wheel of emotions, there are emotions by groups, you can go find these things, you know, what, how to call the different feelings that you, you want to feel by, by name is important. And you literally write down the feelings you want to feel, okay? On that, and you take that piece of paper, and you put it by your bed, and when you wake up in the morning, that's the first thing you look at. And you start, what happens is you start to predict those feelings in your life. So this is not hocus pocus. This is like legit science. Yeah, this so, stuff works. Yeah. So um, in a paper called The Construction System of the Brain, which is the University of College London, uh, there's a, this quote I love to say, the ability to construct a hypothetical situation in one's imagination prior to it actually occurring may afford greater accuracy in predicting its eventual outcome. So basically, if you can imagine feeling the way you want to feel, you're, 
you're going to naturally start finding ways to create that in your life. Your, your brain is a problem-solving machine. And right now, you're waking up on the wrong side of the bed, or maybe you are, maybe you're not. But if you wake up and you have a bad day, quote-unquote, it's usually because you started out unintentional. So, the, so take this exercise. What feelings do you want to feel and put them by your bed and wake up every morning and feel them? There's a great book by Martha Nussbaum called The Upheavals of Thought, The Intelligence of Emotions. And in it, she says that a taxonomy of emotions is a taxonomy of a creature's goals. What that means is if you write down the current set of feelings you're feeling most often, you're going to find that they're tied to the way your life is going. Mm. I think, I don't think it's chicken or the egg. I think it's uh, your emotions come before your goals. So a lot of times when we're setting goal setting, like we're doing goal setting, we're told to compartmentalize, especially in the corporate world. We're told to compartmentalize our feelings and our emotions away from our rational thought when we're creating goals, especially because we want our goals to make sense. And what I'm telling you and what these you know, people with PhDs are telling you is your emotional data is useful when you're setting goals. In fact, it's so useful that it may be the, the biggest leverage you have to create the kind of success you want in your life. So get a handle on what emotions you want to feel and start paying attention to those feelings. This is the same thing as when you, you go, yeah, it's, I call it the red car theory. I'm not sure exactly where uh, it comes from, but the, the idea that you, you know, if you go to buy a car, like you're, you're, you test drive a couple of cars and the, for the first time in your life, you realize that the car that you fell in love with while test driving is all over the road around you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? That car was there the whole time. Those people were already driving that car but you weren't seeing it because you weren't aware of it. And this is the same thing with emotions. If you're unclear about the emotions you want in your life, you're not going to be seeing them go past you every day. So that's how I use intentional systems in my life, right? I start out with how I want to feel. That builds into what kind of goals do I want. That builds into what kind of people do I want to surround myself with. And the more intentional and aware I become of those things in my life, the more in control I feel. I love that because it it's very simple what you said to to write down how you would like to feel and that's something that anyone listening can do that. You know there's mm -hmm. there's no reason why somebody can't take 5 minutes to sit down, write that, put it by your bed and just to see what shifts. You know, I I'm, I'm big for doing for doing personal life experiments. Trying something on, mm -hmm. trying on a new belief, trying on a new habit, doing it for a period of time and and looking at what shifts in my life. So um, I've done a number of them and I've talked about them on this podcast, but what you just said is a very simple habit that people can work on forming a healthy habit and, uh, and just to see what happens when you are intentional about how you want to feel. And as you said, that can lead to uh, shifts in your goal setting and, you know, and, and shifts in the people that you decide to, to place around you. But it, it can start with just that simple exercise that you outlined yeah i mean i'll give you an example a friend of mine uh, called me one day and he was saying i really hate my job my boss doesn't love me i keep making mistakes at work and it seems like i don't fit in here and i feel like and he just kept listing all these these feelings that we would consider to be negative and 
and I, I finally stopped him. I was like, yeah, I hear that, man. And I, I definitely understand having a crappy job that doesn't fit you. But how do you want to feel at work? And he was like, wow, I've never really asked myself that. Mm. And you see how you're reacting at that point. If you're just reactive, if you're, if you're just going through life reacting to what shows up in your life, then you are living in a cause-effect world. You, you are not pay, paying attention to the cause. You're just paying attention to the effect. And so he did this simple exercise. I gave him just the same exercise I told you guys right now. He wrote down some feelings he wanted to feel, put them by his bed. He woke up in the morning. He started looking at that every morning for a couple of minutes, just trying to feel it. At first, it, was, it felt like pretend, you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah. And then a couple of days later, he called me and he was like, this is the first day I've ever enjoyed my job. Hmm. Oh. And, and he said, I started having fun at work and conversations with people that I never expected to have, you know, a good time with. My boss called me in there. This is a week later. My boss called me into her office and he, you know, I was expecting him to tell me that he'd, you know, he'd had a hard day or something. He said, and she told me that she noticed that I was in a better mood than I've ever been in and that my work was better. It's funny how little changes can create these sort of ripple effects in your life. Absolutely. So, you know, try it. In my, um, in my events, in my workshops, I have a few rules. And one of the, the biggest rules is to play. Anything that comes up, if you feel like it's not for you, that's okay. Play with it. You don't have to adopt it for your full life if it doesn't work. You don't have to take it on as like, you know, it's the thing you're going to do for the rest of your life, but you can try just like you said, Absolutely. give it a shot. Yeah. Yeah. Like when I bring up habits on the show, I use the example of just putting on a shirt, you know, you just try it on, try on the habit like a shirt and see if it yep. fits, see if it's comfortable. And if it isn't, you can take it off and try on something like else. So yeah, I like, I like how you put it as well. Play. That's a word that, that resonates with me. Yeah. So, so Dale, um, I have a question that I ask everybody who comes on this show. It has to do with the title of the show. What mm -hmm. does what does having it all mean to you? Yeah, I've been thinking about that since since you uh, hit me up, and I think it's it's a lot of different things in the same space. But it, it's something like living a purposeful life with the balance that I want and a lot of community. I think that's kind of all of it purposeful life balance and community and by community i mean love and i mean family and i mean friends and people i play games with and have fun with but in general i think yeah purpose balance and community now the word balance that's that's that came up earlier when we were talking about renaissance man Mm -hmm. So it's not a coincidence to me that, you know, it comes up in, in how you describe having it all. What does balance actually mean to you? Well, I think balance comes in when I am able to control a little bit of my day. So number one, like I want to be able to control when I wake up and go to sleep. And when I work for a company or a corporation, it's hard to control that, right? Because they want you to be there for a certain number of hours every day. Um, I'm a night guy. I like to stay up late. So I, I think part for me, balance is being able to just control my cycle mm. of life. Um, the second part of that is, is I think the balance between mind and body. So I'm a guy who likes to do a lot of reading. 
uh, feel fairly sophisticated in a few different areas of life. But if I don't get out and play sports, if I don't get out and hit the gym, if I don't, you know, generally get out and move my body, then I think my, you know, the, the cognitive function also, uh, you know, dissipates. So I think balance has something to do with mind and body balance and, uh, and time. I think those are the two biggest ones when I think of balance. I love that. You know, balance is a, is a huge thing for me. I'm always striving to get back to balance um, because I think it's, it's a thing that we put on a big uh, on a high pedestal. We talk about in these, these terms that make it seem like this majestic thing that everybody's striving for, but nobody has. And so I think that it's about getting back to balance because you are inevitably going to fall out of balance. So it's just being aware and putting those. Well, hang on. Hang on. Oh, are here we you go. Sure? Are you sure that we're inevitably going to fall out of balance? I, I believe that balance is something where we, we, we play for it and we always will strive for it, but that we will fall out and then we use different measures and feedback to help get us back on. So, yes. Hmm. What if you had a system in place that started you out in balance every single day? Now, that's a belief that I have, and I, I am clear that beliefs can be shifted. So I also understand that wearing on a certain belief creates a certain reality. So I'm open to the idea that, you know, I could shift that belief and I can shift what I end up experiencing. Well, I would just say the thing that was alarming in that for me, if I were, if you and I were working together, I would, I would question you on the belief that we always fall out of balance. Okay. The word, the The word word always. Because that suggests that you believe we live in a state of disharmony and that is a challenging way to go about living life. It's a way. It's not, it's not wrong. It's just more challenging. For instance, if you were to change that belief to when I fall out of balance, I get back to it. There's an inevitability to you being in balance in that statement and belief. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. So, instead, so create a net, an inevitability belief around being in balance, and it becomes a whole lot easier to see the systems to have that. Well, I appreciate you bringing in, you know, pointing out the use of that word always. And, uh, because, you know, I am a big person who uh, I'm, I'm not interested in living in a life of disharmony. And I, and I am very intentional, kind of like yourself of, of getting back to balance and, um, you know, the inevitability of getting back to balance. So this is, you know, this example of, of the feedback, right? feedback of of the language that I used in this case and uh, that's definitely something that I'm, ex- I'm excited to go back and listen to this particular part of the conversation <laughs> and be like ah okay because like I said I think it's a you know, the language is powerful and um, shifting beliefs kind of you said that ripple effect it can have massive effects down the road so yeah I'm curious for myself shifting that belief of always falling out of balance to uh, inevitability the inevitability of getting back to balance what that can now, do I- the inevitability of being in balance. Being in balance. Getting back to balance, again, assumes that you're inevitably going to be out of balance. And maybe you are, but by assuming it, you create more systems where you accidentally do that. When you create an, a belief that you are inevitably going to be in balance or that you inevitably are in balance, then the systems around you shift. Your awareness of the systems around you shift. And so your awareness shifts from, I'm looking for ways to get back to balance instead of, now I'm shifting my perspective and I'm saying, I believe I'm in balance 
and it starts to allow you to have boundaries in place for those systems that are maybe bringing you out of balance all the time. Like maybe you've got systems in your life right now that create an imbalance. Imbalance, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm I, totally I'm, open to that. You're so intentional, I can tell. I mean, everything about what you do and everything about your show and everything about the way you talk is intentional and enlightened. So that was why it was surprising to me to hear that. Well, this is why I invite folks like yourself on this show, because I will never claim to know it all and have figured it all out. And so this opportunity for me to grow and for the folks listening who, you know, might have have had a a mindset like mine or might be using language like me um, to have you just very, very simply and considerately call me out on what I said, because what I said creates a certain type of reality, you know, a way that I look at things. And as you put it, create systems that might reinforce my imbalance. Um, that's why I invite folks like you on this show because I can learn from you. So thank well, you. Hey man, I, I'm uh, really impressed with everything you've done and just the fact that you're willing to listen right then was awesome. So, you know, being able to see that was really cool. And frankly, you know, the more we get to know each other, you're going to find ways to help me see myself that I can't. I mean, this is the reason we talk to each other, right? It is. is that it is. The bl- those blind spots, those unconscious moments where, you know, the pre-programming comes into play. And I get it all the time. I happen to live with a, a beautiful woman, my partner of now almost nine years, who, um, who is always giving me an opportunity to look at myself from a different lens. You know, I think in a good relationship, we're straying a little bit here, but in a good relationship, um, you know, a partner is giving you an opportunity to, to look in the mirror in a new way every day. Mm, absolutely. So. I'm, I'm so there with you. And, you know, when you answered the question about what having it all means to you, you, know, you said purpose, balance and community and those relationships. And we talked earlier about the feedback and being able to, to you know, putting people in your life who can give you that feedback and help you look in the mirror. So um, this is an example of that. And, you know, your relationship with your partner is an example of that. And, and, and my relationship with my wife, who's been on this show, and we've, you know, we've talked about things like this. So um, this is just, a, I think, a, a powerful example of, of something like this acting out in real time as we're having a conversation. You know, we're able yeah. to, to do that with one another. So that's, that's magic you. to me. So Dale, as we you know come to a close here, I want to give you an opportunity to uh, to talk about the things that you have going on because you have a lot of exciting, awesome things going on. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn over the mic to you. Um, you can share about about those cool things and point people to different websites and how they can connect with you and get in touch and just get engaged with with what you've got. Sure. So there's a couple things I want to offer. You know, anybody who's listening, I like to reward people who are who are looking to create new systems in their lives that are going to help them. And I've developed a, a system called the Empower Mentorship Institute, and I teach it in a couple different formats. And upcoming, I actually am opening up a, a virtual class. Um, it's it's all online, but it's live, so it's a small group meeting. I only take ten people, um, and it's already filling up. And we'll start in the next couple of weeks to um, to basically meet every week and go through what systems in your life are working and to and 
to begin to build your own system that that is built on your superpower, built on your intention, built on your plan for your life, built on the specific way you like to create action, and built on your idea of what a team should look like. So if you're interested in that, there's some really great ways to get involved in it and to sort of take uh, a leap in your life. I've seen guys use my system, the Empower Mentorship Institute, and reinvent their career. Um, I've had people use it to reinvent their marriage. I've had people use it to reinvent their their body image, their their health. Um, I've had people use my system to basically go from one corporate job that they didn't love to a corporate job that not only fit them like a glove but paid them about fifty to seventy five percent more. Mm. Um, and all in six weeks. So if you're interested in that, I, I'll provide a link at dalethomasvon.com. And I'm going to give you kind of a taster of that as well. Um, there's, I mentioned my meeting with myself that I call my me meeting, yeah. right? Well, I have a template for that that I would love to share with you guys. It's kind of new. It's something that I haven't really shared before. So it would be kind of um, it would be kind of exciting to hear your thoughts on it. It'd be you know it'd be cool. It's uh, it's set up as a Google Doc right now, basically where you can get in there and actually create. Uh, it's like a lean canvas. If you're familiar with lean canvas, you answer the the eight or nine questions, and at the end of that, you basically have a six week plan for your next project. It's pretty amazing. I use it again every morning. And I use it kind of on a daily basis, but you could use it once for one project and kind of see how you can knock it out of the park. So it's something I'd love to share with you guys, along with the, the purpose quick start guide that you're, you're welcome to get at my website. And I'll share that at dalethomasvon.com slash Canvas. And I'll share that with you by link as well. Oh, that's amazing. That is, uh, I'm all about sharing high value resources and tools. And so I'll put links to everything you just said in the show notes so that people can get on, can, uh, can have their own me meetings and uh, yeah. download the resources and, and check out, um, you know, the, the virtual group that you've got going on. Cause that's, you know, we, we talked a little bit about accountability groups and I've, I'm a part of an accountability group I've been in for over two years now. And so I know firsthand, um, the, the power that these groups have and that that type of community and and the the change and the ripple effects it can have in life. So I absolutely recommend you listening um, to go to the show notes, check out what Dale has and really consider, you know, consider if, if, if this is for you and if there is just a, a hint that it might be for you, I, I say, be bold. You know, we talked about the choice between love and fear. Are you choosing fear or are you going to end up choosing love? And that's really what it boils down to. And, and Dale, again, thank you for, um, for bringing everything that you have, everything that you've learned, all the work that you do, um, bringing it here on, on this podcast, in this conversation with me, um, helping to hold me accountable. Like that was powerful. That was freaking powerful, man. Um, I, I love this stuff and I'm very excited that you and I connected because um, you know, we didn't get to half the things that I wrote down in my notes here that I wanted to get to. And you <laughs> episode know, two. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. Like, you know, I'd love to get you back on, um, talk about more about relationships and, and with your partner. That was one of the things I wanted to get into. But 
Um, is there any last thing that you would like to uh, leave the listeners with before we wrap this thing up? Sure. What I would say is beware of the things you'll do tomorrow. Beware the myth of tomorrow. If you put off what you can do today, you're missing out. So start today, now, if you can, and you never have to ask yourself what could have been. I love it. I love it. Um, Dale, final question for you, man. Do you have it all? I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close. Yeah, I feel pretty good about where I'm at. I'll say yes. Yes. Yeah, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much again, Dale, for coming on the show with me, hanging out. I really appreciate you. I really appreciate your time and, uh, and everything that you stand for. So thank you. Thank you, Matthew. Two quick things before you leave. First, did you know that the Having It All podcast is a part of the Fireside Network? Yep, we are one of the esteemed shows that calls Fireside Network home. That means if you ever want to listen to a show outside of iTunes or Stitcher or whatever your favorite podcasting app is, all you need to do is visit firesidenetwork.com and under shows, select Having It All. From there, you can access all the episodes, see the show notes, learn about my guests, and more. Second, I am very excited to announce that my brand new website is live. Visit MatthewBivens.com and you can learn more about me, get plugged into an accountability group, and pick up some free content like the Abundance Benchmark. I am all about helping you not only identify what your ideal life looks like, but also helping you on your journey towards it. I want you to experience more abundance and love in your life. So, again, you can find out more information about all of that great stuff at MatthewBivens.com. Thank you once more for listening to the show, and here is to you having it all. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved, Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgins. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D-A-D-A-G-E-S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.